0: From the beautiful campus of California State University, San Bernardino, and the College of Arts and Letters, thank you for tuning in to the CSUSB Cal podcasts. These podcasts focus on all things in the College of Arts and Letters. From our innovative, creative faculty in their teachings and outside projects, to staff insights, and our students carving their way in these COVID times. Welcome to another episode. At CSUSB in the College of Arts and Letters. It's our podcast series. I'm Kelly Cluque, and today we are speaking with the director of the Robert and Francis Fullerton Museum of Art. It's Eva Kirsch. Welcome.
1: Hello. Welcome, and thank you for having me. Let's start by your
0: background, where you grew up, describe your hometown, and what was that like?
1: Oh, wow. Where to start? Actually, like my colleague, uh, Michela Popescu, who pioneered the series of um, the podcast series, I was born and grew up in a communist country. In my case, it was Poland. And even though politically clustered with other Soviet Union controlled countries as Eastern Europe, Poland is essentially a central European country. In Poland, in addition to my young years, I also spent a considerable chunk of my adult life. And at this point, still more than half of my entire life. And it's getting very close to the 50-50 split. Oh, goodness. When I was in college in the late 1970s and early 1980s, Poland was undergoing a major political transformation. When I left Poland in 1992, uh, three years after the collapse of the Berlin Wall, we all thought that the communist era was over and new era just began. It felt great. In retrospect though, how little I understood at the time. I spent most of my uh, formative years in Tarnowskie Góry, which was a small town in the southern region of upper Silesia, which was one um, of the most polluted places on the planet, probably. zinc and lead plants, old coal mines, all around. Windows had to be washed every two or three weeks. I was the only child, and both of my parents were teachers. My father held an art degree, though, which explains my professional trajectory, so to speak. Life was simple and humble then, no much travels for us, other than spending summers with my grandma in the mountain town of Ustran occasionally a school trip, and later some seaside government allotted vacations. This is probably why I love to travel so much. Gradually I have been visiting all places I dreamt about visiting during my young days. Now the town. The town of Tarnowskie guru was uniquely special. Located on the edge of a metropolis and rich in then sadly dilapidating remnants of its former glory, the small town of about 32,000 population didn't feel provincial at all. Prosperous in the Renaissance period due to silver mining, long under Czech, Austrian and Prussian rule, it was the place where only the second steam engine in the world was installed to drain the underground tunnels. In the 1970s, during my teenage years, it was a special place to be. There was a lot of intellectual and creative energy there. Lots of talented people. Life wasn't boring at all. We listened to rock and roll, but also to opera, jazz, and other genres of music. We made films, stage happenings, and dance performances. We read a lot. A lot. We partied. And we talked for hours about art, literature, history, and other fascinating subjects. The possibilities were limited, but we dreamt large, hoping for the best.
0: Now, how did you get interested in museums? You did talk about your dad and art and his background there. But specifically, how did you get to be interested in museums and then finally become a director?
1: I was interested in art since my very early days, as you can imagine, with my father being an artist. I uh, messed up quite of his projects. I was actually painting and making art myself, and I was also interested in reading about art and looking at reproductions. We had a lot of books at home, which actually helped. So I was cursed from the very early days. I could spend hours reading books about art, any art, and looking at reproductions in art albums. When I was a child, actually, I would pretend often to be sick. So my parents would let me stay in bed. They went to work and I surrounded myself with art albums and read and looked all day and it made me really happy. Archeology, span architecture, art conservation and art history had been my possible career options when I was growing up. I quickly eliminated conservation due to my lack of patience at that time. Now I'm very patient. In my junior year of high school, I decided towards art history. I went on and got my MA in art history from the University of Wrocław specializing in medieval art, which I never worked with. And then in 1985, I started my first museum job. And it was really starting a new museum job, a museum job, my first museum job, but it was also a new museum or a recreated or reopened museum that existed before World War II, but was kind of taken apart. And I started from one room in the museum, together with the director and a few other people, including the publishing department. So it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, So it was the Museum of Silesia. And then after coming to California, I enrolled in a CSU Fullerton exhibition design program, which focused on museums. And this is when I also developed at Cal State Fullerton my interest in history of museums and their evolving role and direction. Uh, This is uh, when I decided that my professional career should be with a university art gallery, or even better, a university art museum. After completing my degree, I was preparing to make it happen. And this is when San Bernardino called. They called you. Not really, I'm speaking
0: metaphorically. (laughs) All right, well, I, I would like to know now what brought you to Cal State San Bernardino.
1: Yes, and that was the call. Actually, believe me or not, I was on the way to Las Vegas with my daughters and a friend of mine from the museum program at Cal State Fullerton. Her name was Donna. When we were passing by the road sign at the 15 and 210 junction, it's at San Bernardino, she said, Oh, Eva, I just saw uh, an ad. There is a job at Cal State San Bernardino. Uh, You should apply because you have a museum experience and I don't. We were just fresh done with the program at Cal State, Fuller So I applied and nothing happened for about six or maybe seven months. And then I got a phone call to schedule an interview. And I had my, believe me or not, I had my first phone in right before leaving for Las Vegas again. It was a lot of fun. Soon I saw the same sun, uh, sign, road sign, because I was going to Vegas again. I was on the 15 freeway. So um, I saw the same sign, and I knew at that moment that I would be passing by it a lot in the future. The year was 1998, and it didn't occur to me that I would be doing it for so long. It's been, what, 20, how many years? 23 years now.
0: Congratulations. That is awesome. Now, with RAFMA, we want to look at some of your wonderful things going on. I see we have for this semester, the personal to political exhibition. Talk about what's going on this semester and uh, that
1: exhibition in particular. As you know, Kelly, Raphma at home has been producing a lot of online content these days. The museum has a very ambitious schedule of projects and events planned for the spring semester. But today I would like to focus on just three of them. The first one is our new exhibition entitled Personal to Political, celebrating the African American artists of Paulson Fontaine Press. This is a traveling exhibition organized by the Bedford Gallery, which is a municipal gallery of the city of Walnut Creek in Northern California. The exhibition presents 14 African American artists and about 50 works. Capturing the personal narratives and political discourses of African Americans across the country. The artwork is both figurative and abstract. It focuses on the poetics of human experience and offers ideas and personal stories related to history, identity, and spiritual inspiration. There are 44 fine art prints in the exhibition, all produced at Paulson Fontaine Press in Berkeley, California. Recognized for inviting artists to create finite prints since 1997. This is, this is the uh, kind of interesting story in the exhibition that most of the work, not all of them, were printed in the Paulson Fontaine Press in Berkeley. So, right now we are getting ready for a soft released, a release of the exhibition. Of course, it's all going to be virtual. Uh, Our exhibition designer John Fleeman and exhibition preparator Michael Beckley have already finished installing the exhibition. For real, the artwork is in the museum. And now Diego Irigoyen and some of the student assistants, they're finalizing the production of the virtual exhibition. I hope everybody will view it and also attend our major event on February 27th at 4 p.m. The second event I would like to tell you about, it's actually a series of uh, lectures entitled Platform. And these lectures have been uh, organized and sponsored by the so-called Consortium, which is a coalition of art museums and art galleries representing 18 California State Universities. It's a continuation of our fall semester program. And in the spring, we will have the following lectures. February 18th, Sean Leonardo at 5.30 PM. p.m. On March 11, curator Valerie Casel-Olivier will be in conversation with artist Howardina Pindell. And on April 29th, and this is the event that it's co-hosted by uh, our museum, by RAFMA. We will meet People's Kitchen Collective, Artists Collaborative. And um, this event will be actually followed the next day, the, the lectures on Thursdays at 5.30, and the last one on April 29th at 5.30 will be followed by a seminar the next day at noon for invited selected invited students from from all the campuses, so we two students per campus. That uh, consortium, actually I have to tell you, uh, was a spontaneous initiative. Um, in the fall, we started getting together regularly discussing what we could possibly do to serve our students, and we came up with the lecture series. So the total number of lectures six this academic year. And we're hoping uh, to continue. Even if we go back in person, we will continue likely doing something that will be, you know, maybe a hybrid type of um, event. We have some really great ideas. So maybe next time we talk, I can tell you about it. The last event I would like to introduce to our audience is actually related to Egyptology. It will happen on April 10th. And it's a seminar entitled Redeeming Demons, Co-opting Demonic Forces for Good in Ancient Egypt. And the event um, is organized in honor of Dr. Hare. Originally, we were planning to have it in person, of course, with a reception that would be closing our existing current exhibition of Egyptian antiquities and anticipating the upcoming exhibition. We don't know when it's going to open, probably next fall or winter, but we don't know yet. So this event actually is uh, a collaboration uh, between the Orange County chapter of the American Research Center in Egypt, the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana and Rathma. And uh, a little bit about demons. In Egyptology, the term is used to describe various creatures found in the texts that describe the underworld often related to egyptian magic medicine and mortuary art demons can be good or bad and our seminar will look at the benevolent the good ones the study of demons in ancient egyptian religion is undergoing a renaissance these days and our event will bring together a very good lineup of experts top experts in the topic of demons in ancient Egypt. Dr. Kasia Spakowska, who is this semester the W. Benson-Hair Egyptology Scholar-in-Residence at CSUSB. Brian Kramer from CSUSB. Brian works both, uh, works for RAFMA and also teaches this semester for the Department of of History. Dr. Rita Lucarelli from UC Berkeley and Dr. Joshua, Robertson from the University of Memphis, the Q&A session following the panels will be moderated by Dr. Kate Leska, who is our associate professor at CSUSB. So this is, this is all that I have today when it comes to the programs at RAFMA. Not a dull moment with RAFMA, Eva. Not a dull moment at all.
0: <laughs> How can people contribute or get involved with RAFMA
1: in this covid virtual era? Using our resources, all the resources that we offer, uh, attending our programs, and also contributing financially. Become a member. Help us with what we do. Thank you
0: for your time in closing. How are you doing personally in this this situation?
1: I'm doing okay. I, uh, you know, I've never been bored being just by myself. I always had a lot to do. So, you know, my husband and I are doing doing fine. We enjoy, I enjoy not driving every day to San Bernardino and seeing the road sign, so that's a good part. I hoped that I would have more time to do things that I never had time to do, since not driving saves me about three hours every day, uh, but it's not really the way it is. <laughs> it seems like we're doing more work and learning because we have to learn all those new skills and um, it takes time, certainly so takes time. And all those virtual program, programs happening all around. So overall, I'm doing fine. Um, but again, whatever I was hoping to do hasn't materialized. Well, hopefully
0: they won't and we'll be through with this virtual stuff soon.
1: Yeah, it will be, I hope so, I hope so. I really miss live music. I I miss live concerts. I miss opening receptions. I miss museums.
0: to actually.
1: So I hope it will be back to some kind of normal sometime soon.
0: Our guest today, Eva Kirsch, director of the Robert and Frances Fullerton Museum of Art. We know it as RAFMA. Thank you so much for your time and all the wonderful information. Thank you. hope you have enjoyed today's CSUSB Cal PodCast. Look for other episodes from the College of Arts and Letters on the campus of California State University, San Bernardino.